I've directed Much Ado About Nothing twice, but with college students or just early graduates. And my okay. daughter has played Beatrice before. Yeah. And she has a question for you later on. And um, But I've never talked to a grown-up lady professional who's actually played Beatrice. And she's my oh. favorite character. So what can you tell me about her? Can you explain Beatrice to me? <laughs> oh, gosh. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 701, Amy Acker's Beatrice. Amy Acker starred as Beatrice in Joss Whedon's 2012 film version of Much Ado About Nothing. Beatrice is one of my favorite characters in one of my favorite plays, so I was thrilled to get to talk to Amy about how she approached the role and how her early training and experience prepared her for it. I was lucky when I, um, when I graduated, I went to SMU and did theater there. And my first job out of college was up near you at American Players Theater in right. Wisconsin. And I played Hero in Much Ado there. And so I got to spend a summer watching Beatrice in front of me and just falling in love with her every night. And I was like, oh, one day I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be the actress playing her or to be Beatrice or, or what, but I knew I was like, this is the best character there is out there. Um, and so why? I, I definitely... why is Beatrice the best character out there? Oh, don't you just wish that you could have those comebacks to everything? I mean, she, she just knows how to sting people and she knows the exact right thing to say at the right time. And then she also has, it's like she she just is the whole package. She's also feminine and sensitive and caring, but intelligent and witty and not afraid to cross boundaries. I mean, she just is everything. And she suffers no fools. Exactly. <laughs> Which we all um, wish we could do. <laughs> exactly. So how how did the opportunity for you come about that you got to play her in Joss Whedon's film? Well, so I, I think it's pretty, Joss has talked about a lot that he would do these Shakespeare readings at his house and we would go, you know, maybe one Sunday a month, maybe more if, if we were on a roll, but we would go over to his house and um, on a Sunday afternoon and there was usually, you know, bottles of wine flowing and ordering some food and we would just sit out in his patio and he would assign people characters the day before and sometimes you'd show up and have an additional part or something you know it was always it was very casual um and we had read much ado with alexis and i playing these parts before so joss called he had been doing avengers and he was stressed out and he was supposed to be going on a vacation to italy with his family for a week and i guess at the time, his wife said, I think you should make a movie of Much Ado instead of going on this Italian vacation. <laughs> so 
That will relieve uh, your stress. Making another movie will relieve exactly. your stress. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where the logic was, but I think it worked. <laughs> so he called Alexis and I and said, "Do you want to make a movie of Much Ado?" And you know, we both without hesitation said yes. And he said, "Okay, well, let me get back to you. We're gonna." probably start in two weeks and we'll shoot it for a week at my house. So I think in our minds, we really thought it was like some version of what the readings had been or like filming a reading or just on his iPhone or, you know, it just didn't, we didn't know we were making a real movie. So we did not have the time that we needed to panic and be like, wait, we're playing these amazing characters on screen. We should we should be scared <laughs> well and you so did you you had you you knew the play you had been reading the play did you pre once you decided to film it did you prepare any differently for oh how do how will i do this differently now that i know it's being filmed rather than doing it on stage oh well what's interesting about how we filmed it is it he was like look we're doing this quick so you need to know it like a play you know we you have to know the whole thing we might change what we're shooting on one day and because he was in the middle of editing Avengers he couldn't he wasn't technically allowed to be making another movie I guess um so <laughs> So Spoilers. he was in the editing room and he would just leave the door to his house unlocked and Alexis and I would go over and rehearse in the day. So we got to rehearse for two weeks like we were doing a play and, you know, play on the staircase and figure out rooms and Joss would give us sort of templates of like, well, I want to do this scene in here and think about this and maybe moving from this room and think about under the counter and falling down the stairs. And so we just got to explore in the space like you would an actual rehearsal for, for a couple of weeks, which was nice. This is jumping ahead, but did you actually do that fall down the stairs? <laughs> I did. I what? did do that fall. There was a mat there. It, it was not a soft mat. I may have gone for an MRI about a concussion after this, but apparently I didn't have one. So. <laughs> um, it's one of the it's one of the many marvels of the movie. Ooh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> is that the the over the eavesdropping gulling scene of of Beatrice? is almost as funny, if not maybe funnier, than the <laughs> eavesdropping of, of Benedict, which comes first. And it's always hard then to top it, but I really think um, you guys did. Um, oh. Did you have a hand in, because um, Joss creates this, this um, you know, dumb show before the credits of, mm. Be of Be Benedict and Beatrice having a a hookup or a, a breakup or something. Yeah. Did you have a hand in the creation and the thinking of that backstory for Beatrice and Benedict? Well, we, I feel like we all discussed it. Like, did we think that this was, you know, we were like, what do we think their backstory was? But Joss was, you know, he had decided I think that was kind of one of the things that made him want to do the movie almost. He was like, this is how I want to start it. And so, um, and he wanted that sort of noir feeling and he thought that that sort of set that up. And I, I think 
I think it did when you're going back to like, how did you prepare for this different than a play or the movie? And I think knowing that we were doing that scene definitely, you know, just little lines here and there that maybe in the play where what I had done for a summer that I had seen for, for months, I, it, having that addition of that scene sort of made you interpret some lines differently. Well, and, and what it, it adds such great specificity. And that's always the challenge with Shakespeare because we don't always understand the, uh, the relationships and the status amongst the characters. And so much of the character comedy is driven by these relationships and status. So either the filmed backstory or your acting, could well be both, <laughs> uh, sir, gave great specificity to the actual pain that Beatrice is feeling. Oh, thank you. Because um, it, yeah, because the banter, I love Beatrice's banter because, yes, it's covering for something, but why not? If you're going to cover, if you have something to cover, cover it with humor. But I loved, <laughs> in your case, that we could see actually what she was covering for, the the specific nature of the of the pain, and I thought that was really lovely. Oh, thank you. Um, there's no question there. It's... <laughs> that's just me holding forth um and i also love how the play was cut i thought it was cut very smartly were there things that you missed at all did did, did that did you find that helpful there were you know i think he did a great job of of making all the cuts that he did and um i i feel like there was one there was only one time I remember in the, if I were a man scene that there was something where we had cut something and I was like, but wait, if I don't say that, then the next thing, then why am I saying this? Like, you know, there was something, there was like one time that I was like, I feel like we have to say that. And he was like, yeah, yeah, well, let's put it back in. Um, and I feel like there was a moment there was some moment earlier of a part that I just really liked that I was like, oh, I wish we could do that part. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't remember. I feel like that was with her uncle, maybe when they're getting ready for the party or something. I just remember there was like one line that I was like, oh, I just want to say that word or something. And he was like, yeah, we're not doing that part. <laughs> Hey, I'm Reed Diamond, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company's podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the best place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. Right now, you can see The Ring Reduced, where we transform Wagner's 17-hour ring cycle into a brief and palatable 23 minutes. Lost Reduced, where we cram the first five seasons of the landmark TV show Lost into 10 minutes. Our appearance on two Jeopardy tournaments of champions, plus some brand new videos recorded and shot especially for right now by me and Matthew Croke, and the almost two-hour video Q&A that Reed Martin and I conducted on Facebook, and our reduced reunion of over 50 RSE actors, stage managers, and wardrobe goddesses from at least four different time zones. Just go to our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and click on the Remote Shakespeare Company link. We will continue to add to this page during this pandemic, so please 
please be sure to bookmark it and come back regularly. You can grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's perfect for homeschooling little kids of any age, and it's on sale worldwide. You can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And if you're hearing me now, please leave a five-star review for us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps boost the algorithm so other people can discover us. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Amy Acker, talking about her performance as Beatrice in Joss Whedon's 2012 film version of Much Ado About Nothing. So, I mean, I love that in the way that Shakespeare wrote for a company of players, you know, Joss Whedon made this movie with the Joss Whedon dancers, you know, Many members of the Whedon verse. Did that give you guys a shorthand? Had you worked with everybody in the cast before? I mean, I had not, and some of the people Joss hadn't even worked with, but it like he the guys from Britannic, Nick and Brian, he was just a fan of them online and he was like, I'm just gonna reach out and see if they'll fly themselves from New York to be in my Shakespeare movie at my house. And <laughs> of course they were like, yeah. But now they feel like such a part of that, of the family. I mean, I think I had worked with a majority of those people. And if we hadn't worked together, we had done the Shakespeare readings together or, been do a dance party at Joss's house or you know something there was some form of overlapping and I don't know I always feel like I, I'm from Texas and it's kind of like when you meet someone in LA that's from Texas you're just automatically like feel like oh I like them we're we're best friends or and that's sort of how it feels like with the Whedon verse like even if you I've never met someone I'll see someone from Firefly and I'll be like oh well we know each other right you know <laughs> we're good friends that's funny. so we had that that um just shorthand I would say and and especially Joss and Alexis and I just from we had had Alexis and I had been really lucky back from Angel that like our last scene that we shot in Angel, Joss didn't direct the episode, but he wrote the scene for Alexis and I and came in and directed that scene. And there was another episode called Hole in the World that Joss directed. And it was just, we had, we definitely have like a special relationship, the three of us that we just have a lot of fun playing together. That's great. I. I was never, I was never part of the Whedon verse. I was part of the Kelly verse. Oh, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think David E. Kelly is making um, Shakespeare movies with the cast of The Practice, Ally McBeal, and Boston Legal. <laughs> well, maybe he should. Yeah, he absolutely should. Um, well, and 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 I know what you mean about the that that Whedon verse community or even the Texas community. Oh, this is the se- this is now the second podcast I've done about this movie because I interviewed Reed Diamond about playing oh. Don Pedro. Oh, he's the best. He is the best. And it's one of the great choices in the in the film that Don Pedro just keeps filling everybody's glass. It just <laughs> keeps heightening the the bad choices we all make. <laughs> which which I think Reed just pulled from his own, you know, he's always 
convincing people to make the bad choices. <laughs> no, I'm just um, I, I mean, one, one of the things I love about the good Shakespeare movies is that you are forced to pare down the language. Um, and I mean, obviously I like my Shakespeare reduced, um, <laughs> and edited, uh, but I think like, but you can also take your moments. Cause I, I mean, I literally made a note about it. You know, Benedict's famous line to Beatrice, I do love nothing in the world so much as you is not that strange. You and Joss and Alexis took a big pause between those two sentences, which allowed, I do love love nothing so much in the world as you to land. We got to see it land with Beatrice mm. in a way that you don't often get to see on stage. And it was just lovely to see that moment for Beatrice. Again, not a question. It's just <laughs> observation. Yeah. I mean, Alexis just had so many great ideas and it's so funny. And, and was that one and, of them? Was that his idea to take that big pause? You know, I don't remember discussing that specifically, but I feel like isn't that when we're sort of in front of the big window there at the there's like I just remember Joss having a very specific way he wanted that that section of the scene to play in front of that window and he was like very specific about where we were saying what and yeah. um so yeah, I think it was probably planned by someone smarter than me. <laughs> One of those two boys. <laughs> Just tell me where to stand. Um, uh, but, uh, but the other thing I loved a lot about your performance, and, uh, and I will come to a question at the end of this, I promise, um, is that <laughs> the way you dealt with the language was both naturalistic, as you would expect on film, but also felt really theatrical and fun. Were you conscious of that? Is that a thing you were working for? Was that character based or Amy going, well, it's Shakespeare, you got to dial it up a little, not, you know? <laughs> what was the thinking there? Or was there any thinking there? You know, I, I feel like just because of doing Shakespeare since high school and college, I mean, I, that's just always been a love of mine and I love watching other Shakespeare movies and I got to go in the summer during college we went to an intensive Shakespeare program in Taos New Mexico for the summer like it's just something that I I, I guess the, the theatrical part is so ingrained in me that it's hard not to to do it without it but I just feel like there's so many great lines and great words and you know things to really chew on that it's hard not to take advantage of getting to heighten some of those those moments and you don't always get to do that on on film so I it felt like it you know there was I I do remember Jaws at some point I think it was in the opening scene like he was like I think you're being too, you're doing a play. Let's make this a movie. Like the very first, um, when they're like cutting the oranges and all of that. So I, I, I was, um, I think from the beginning, he was like, okay, I like that, but not, not too much. <laughs> well, and Nathan Fillion goes the exact opposite way. <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite dog berries ever. <laughs> 
I know he's so great and he was the most scared of anyone he tried to back out like every day he would come in and be like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing let me go home (laughs) and then of course he steals the show well and uh, I'm much more of a fan of Nathan Fillion acting Dogberry here than Michael Keaton (laughs) doing Dogberry way up there that's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can see Amy Acker's performance as Beatrice in Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing on a variety of streaming platforms. And also don't miss Nathan Fillion as a terrifically hysterical dogberry. Then send us your explanation of favorite Shakespeare heroines via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Amy Acker on Twitter at Amy Acker. Thanks, as always, to Prettiest Piece of Flesh as Any in Messina, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Jamie Barnaker. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Amy's Much Ado About Nothing co-star, Reed Diamond. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe and stay home. I'm Austin Titchener, 701 2103 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I did want to ask you, because my daughter wanted to know, what's your favorite Beatrice line? Oh, gosh. That's so hard. Hers was, uh, my mother cried when I was born. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard part. There's, like, those beautiful lines, and then there's also, like, the just little fun ones, like, is it possible to stain should die while she has such meat food to feed it? I just, I mean, all those fun things. <laughs> I, I really like making fun of Alexis, so it, it was hard not to enjoy all of those things. <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.